welcome you on in here to the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. It's Mitch Bunnell and Mitchell Bell as we give you the latest once again on the world of athletics. We're back for another week of talk here. Mitch, good to be back with you. A number of things we are going to discuss as uh, we're getting down to the end of the spring season. It's regional time in softball, district time in baseball, and a lot more uh, ongoing. Yeah, wow. We got here fast when you think about it, Mitch. I mean, I think the high school spring season sports are just so it's a sprint with how quick they come to an end, but I mean, we're here it's winter go home time. And there's some area teams in both of our areas respectively that are still out there playing, trying to advance to the next round. And, you know, you're going to get to see a couple of those teams this week in big time sports. Absolutely. And we want to start off this show by uh, going over what we'll be seeing in this upcoming week in big time sports uh, with our annual weekly segment this week in big time sports. Uh, This is where we go over everything that's been going on or will be going on this week on our broadcasting schedule, which uh, I guess you will be seeing on the big time sports show. You can also find uh, where our local games will be at. So a number of teams to get to here. We will have this week on the Big Time Sports Show in the Tuscarawas County side, the track squad of the Dover High School team. The boys' side will be on on Wednesday, May 24th at 7 p.m. And Friday, May 26th at 10 p.m. Had a great conversation with the guys there. Uh, we also have a couple of games this week on Wednesday, May 24th. The Strasburg Tigers will be taking on the Canton Valley Rockets. or The Strasburg Tigers will be taking on, excuse me, uh, a team to be determined in the upcoming regional semifinals for Division Four, as the game that was supposed to be played this past weekend between the two squads that were, as I pull them up here, uh, uh, well, it's going to be Strasburg and uh, taking on the winner of the Southeast bracket, uh, which was either Manchester or Willowwood Sims Valley that game was supposed to be played on Saturday but it was postponed due to weather so now it'll be played on Monday you will see the winner of that game take on the Tigers uh, coming up this week on Wednesday that game down in uh, near Pickerington Uh, you can see that game on at 5 p.m. on bigtimesportsohio.com and the LBN app and you can find the replay at a time to be determined we'll have those out as for you as soon as possible now on Friday we will have the Division Four Regional Championship, as uh, we might see the Tigers here coming up very soon. But another number of teams still in the mix from Tuscarawas County on the softball side, as well as baseball. I mean, Mitch, you look right here, number of, uh, your, I mean, your alma mater is still in it. We see them on the schedule here. Take us through that. Yeah, so this week on Big Time Sports up here in Stark County, Mitch, first off, well, not first off, we're going to have a game before you can catch Joe Dunn. So you yes. might get a double whammy of Joe Dunn. You can catch Joe Dunn and yourself, Mitch. Tuesday at 2 p.m. at Thurman Munson Memorial Stadium, the district semifinal matchup in the Division I Canton District. The Jackson Polar Bears, the number one overall seed, will take on the Maslin Tigers, the 10 overall seed. This is a matchup of a big-time sports game of the week just a couple weeks ago, Mitch, in which they met at Jackson. The Polar Bears beat the Tigers 4-1. to So both teams very familiar with each other. The head coach of the Tigers, team, state championship team. So the familiarity factors there. These two teams have met before. I was a part of a game against Maslin in the playoffs in a district championship. There is no love lost here. I know they're not rivals, but 2 p.m., bigtimesportsohio.com, live stream, or the local broadcast network app. So that's going to be fun. That's Tuesday. Then on Thursday at 7.30 p.m. and Saturday morning at 8.30 a.m., Sports Talk with Joe Dunn. Joe Dunn's going to be talking about a lot of the local sports going on here, a lot of teams are still playing, obviously, tournament time. A lot of them are focused, so not easy to get teams in and out. 
A lot of things to cover, though, Mitch. I mean, you just had the district meets for track and field here in Stark County. A lot of phenomenal performances here by the local athletes. So we'll, you'll be able to catch Joe Dunn, uh, like I said, Thursday at 7.30 p.m. and Saturday at 8.30 a.m. And then on Thursday, 5 p.m., the Division One District Championship. We are going to have one local team in it for sure. It's going to either be Jackson or Maslin. That is why Big Time Sports will be there. A local team will have a chance to win the district championship here for the Division One Canton District. They will take on the winner of either Chardon or Hobbit. And we're going to talk about that matchup here in a little bit, Mitch. But a lot of action this week, a lot of fun sporting events to tune into and watch, and a lot of sports talk to get caught up on with Joe Dunn on the Big Time Sports TV show. Absolutely. And make sure to check us out on our cable. If you're watching it on cable, be sure to check us out on Spectrum 15 or 989, depending on where you are in the area, or MCTV 128. And check out WIVMTV.com. Watch all of our games and weekly shows anywhere in the world. I mean, Mitch, you talked about it. We'll go right into softball as we have a number of schools still in the mix. Strasburg Franklin is still on a hot streak after winning the East uh, District Tournament. This one was a very close one compared to some of their previous contests. Their first week contest, they've won by 10 or more runs each. But Strasburg had to face off with Canaan Valley last week in a very close matchup over at Tuscarora Central Catholic High School. Amelia Spidell uh, was the winning pitcher in that one. Uh, she also uh, recorded a hit and an RBI for the Tigers as they shut out the Rockets 2-0 to advance to the East District Tournament once again. So now, as we mentioned in the previous part of this episode, the Tigers will be facing off with the winner of Manchester, the two seed in the uh, Southeast One Division Four bracket against Will Willow Woods, Sims Valley, the three seed. Going over the uh, previous matchups for each school, Manchester opened tournament play with a 19-0 win against Latham Western in five innings. Then had a close one against Corning Miller, but still won 6-3 against the 10 seed last week. Uh, we also had for Sims Valley, they won 15 to five in five innings over Bainbridge paint Valley to start off tournament play. And then uh, edged Lucasville Valley four to three to get to where they are at this point. So at the time of this recording, we're still waiting the winner of this game uh, to see who will be moving on in division two in the East two bracket, Indian Valley, Janine Hutton, Indian Valley will be moving on after the Braves beat Dover last week. Three to nothing. Uh, they've had a bit of a closer run here in the first couple of games. They obviously beat Philo 13 to nothing to start off, but then had a four nothing win against McConnellsville Morgan uh, last Monday. So now the Braves will be going into the regional tournament uh, where they will be taking on, if I get this right here, Chillicothe Unioto, who uh, was the winner of the um, the division in, or bracket in division two, excuse me, the Southeast two uh, bracket. The uh, Unioto won uh, three nothing against Waverly. And the number 15 seed is a two seed, by the way, which is close. Then one to nothing over Jackson, not your Jackson, obviously. And then uh, Unioto won six to two over Hillsboro. So that's a game where I could see Indian Valley pulling off a victory here. And obviously the offense will definitely need to, to come to play but Mia Rose has been one of the top pitchers in this uh, area for the last year plus one of the top pitchers in the state in general and it's gonna be very interesting to see if the Braves can pull off a victory to get to the regional finals uh, for the first time in quite a while so we look at those two schools take us through who's gonna who's still in the mix for softball and Stark County Mitch because there's one team that very is pretty solid I don't know if me personally, I would have expected them at the beginning of the season to get to where they are now, but they've certainly earned their keep. 
You're absolutely right, Mitch. And we touched on it on our last episode last week. It was a rivalry filled week in high school baseball and softball. Jackson and Hoover meeting twice, both in softball and baseball. And Hoover beat Jackson last week in the district championship in Hoover, Mitch, a team that I don't think a lot of people expect to be there, but it doesn't matter what we think. It matters what those girls and that coaching staff thinks of what they say in that locker room and what they do on the field. And they are right back in a spot they were at last year. This team went to the state final four last year. They held a lead in the state semifinal game against, I believe, uh, one of the Lakotas in the Cincinnati. They're going to have their hands full, Mitch. They take on Walsh Jesuit Wednesday at 5 p.m. at the Youngstown State Complex. Walsh Jesuit is one of the top teams in the state of Ohio this year. But at the same time, Mitch, no matter who they play, they've had to go on the road two times already. They've shown you that as an away team, they'll still compete and be able to beat you. I'm very excited to see what Hoover can do. And for the sake of Stark County, I, I am actually hoping they can continue this run and get back to where they were because it's just a great story. They lost a lot of talent and it didn't matter because the returning talent they had from last year, the experience has been able to rub off on the freshmen and sophomore and the younger girls that didn't get a chance. And now here they are. They're the lone Stark County team left in the sweet 16 in division one for softball in division two, Mitch, we have a few teams left here two in Stark County. Obviously you mentioned Indian Valley in division two, Marlington will take on Akron, St. Vincent, St. Mary on Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. at Memorial Field. The winner of that game will advance to the regional final on Friday at 5. Marlington can meet, meet up with a familiar foe in Canfield. Canfield on the other side of that regional semifinal bracket in Region 5. Canfield will take on Parma Heights Holy Name on Wednesday at 5 p.m. at Memorial Field. So we could have a shot of a rematch from regular season. Very excited to see how that one shakes out. In Division Three, really the only team near us at all that's left in it, we really don't talk about a whole lot, Mitch, is just Worcester Triway. They will be at Willig Softball Complex at Maslin on Wednesday at 5, taking on Canfield South Range. And then Division Four, the only team left that either you and I cover is Strasburg. And so really that's it for softball. Area teams dwindling down, but at the same time, they're going to have to dwindle down at this point as there's only 16 teams in each division left standing. And come Wednesday, there's only going to be eight left. And by Friday, maybe we'll have some area teams left going on to the final four at Firestone Stadium in Akron. Absolutely. And we will make sure to look out for many other great matchups here throughout the area, as well as the rest of the state, as we are uh, counting down the days to see who will be crowned these state champions. When we come back, we'll go over some uh, some baseball. Uh, I mean, actually, we'll take it. Stay right here because we have some baseball talk to talk about. Um Number of schools in the mix. Obviously, talk about your Jackson Polar Bears. We have district play currently ongoing in Division Four. We have a number of games uh, actually taking place today on Monday. We have the top-seeded Highland Hawks in Division Four taking on the three-seeded Toronto squad at 5 p.m. That game will be played at Minerva High School. Then on the other side of the bracket, six-seed Strasburg after beating Monroe Central three to two on uh, this past week. A very interesting matchup for the Tigers because they could have played two seeds, Steubenville Catholic Central, but uh, Monroe Central upset them two nothing in the first round. So then they took on the Tigers. Tigers won an extra innings on a walk-off by Drake Reifenschneider. So the Tigers are the sixth seed. They'll play the fifth-seeded Canaan uh, Valley Rockets, who uh, have back-to-back wins over Shadyside and Frontier, both in five innings. So that game will be played at 5 p.m., at Garraway High School out in Sugar Creek. In Division Three, 
we will see in the East bracket, or we'll see Garraway, the three seed, take on top seed Beverly Fort Fry uh, today at uh, New Concord uh, in Ohio. Then we take on, or we see Buckeye Trail, number two, take on number four, Caddis Harrison Central, that game being played at Don Cross Field in Cambridge. So it could be between the Pirates and the Warriors, North versus South, potentially, should they move on. Now, in the East 2 Division Two bracket, Janine Hutton, Indian Valley, the number one seed for baseball, uh, will take on three-seeded Carrollton. So the Braves like the softball team in pursuit of the division title uh, against a very solid Warriors squad that was tops or one of the top teams in the EBC this year. Cambridge, the five-seed, will take on number 11, West Holmes, after the Knights picked up an upset win over number seven, Riverview, 5-2. to two. Cambridge is coming off a win over uh, Morgan, 4-1. to one. I should mention the Warriors beat Maysville 6-0 to start off tournament play. The Carrollton Warriors, I should mention. And then the Braves beat East Liverpool, the 14th seed, 4-2. to two. So East Liverpool gave them a bit of a run there in that game. Uh, on the other side of the bracket, you have Tri-Valley taking on John Glenn, uh, number two versus number 13. That game to be played in Coshocton today. And St. Clairsville will take on the sixth seed, New Philadelphia Quakers. The Quakers coming off uh, a solid victory over Philo, 11 to nothing. And they'll be taking on a, a, a St. Clairsville squad that beat Buckeye Local 6 to nothing. This game will be played at Steubenville's Crimson Complex. So both teams making a bit of a drive over there. So, you know, Mitch, number of good teams in this bracket. Let's get to the game that we're going to be covering this week over on Tuesday between Maslin and Jackson, it's really Washington versus Jackson, even though I know there's a big thing with some certain masculine schools about how they don't care to be like called by their full names. And nevertheless, let's talk about the Tigers Let's talk about the Polar Bears. I mean, what do you expect from this match? Because these two teams already played against each other this year. They did. They met on a Friday night earlier in the month of May, Mitch, and it was a 4-1 Jackson win. It was sophomore Landon Dahl for Jackson and Stitt on the mound for Maslin. And Jackson was in control for that game. Maslin had opportunities, but just could not get the timely hit. And the way these teams got here, Mitch, is quite different, right? Jackson took on Hoover in the sectional championship last week, in which as an alumni and someone that played in the program, I was nervous for uh, because you never want to play your arch rival uh, and let them potentially send you home. And Hoover jumped up to this spot and Jackson flipped the script on Hoover from a game earlier in April, which Hoover beat Jackson 8 nothing in a Mason Ashby complete game. Jackson flipped the script and beat Hoover 8 nothing to advance to the district semifinals. So two straight years now, Jackson's advanced here. Maslin Mitch defeated Dover 7-3. That was the big-time sports game of the week last week. From all accounts, it wasn't a pretty game. And that's just what happens in high school baseball. Sometimes the pressure can get to everybody. Sometimes the, the players are, are cooling off. Other players are heating up. But Maslin survived in advance. Now they're at a spot where they get to play Jackson. I believe this will be the third time they've met in the tournament. Now both teams know each other. There's a number of Jackson players that have been in the lineup since they were freshmen in the 2021 season, Mitch, this is going to be more so who can play the better game tomorrow. And I am very excited to watch this game. Uh, I will be working it for Jackson local schools. You'll be working it for big time sports. It should be a good game. I would expect runs really to be at a premium in this game because I know what Maslin is capable of on the mound. And I also know whoever Jackson goes with on the mound between right now Landon Thiel or Jake Sweetnich, who right now, Mitch, has to be one of the hottest pitchers in the state of Ohio. In his last three games, he's went complete game shutout, complete game shutout, six innings in the sectional championship against Hoover, no runs. He has not allowed a run over his last three contests. So Jackson really cannot 
make a mistake on paper right now with who they choose to go with. We'll wait to see who they go with. I expect this to be a very, very interesting game. And remember, the winner of this game will be on Big Time Sports again on Friday, where they will face the winner of Chardon and Hoban and Mitch. This is a rematch of the Division II state championship game from last year. Both Chardon and Hoban were in the state championship game. Hoban had a lead. Chardon came back. Now, this year, both schools move up to Division I. There will be no love loss between these teams. Obviously, Hoban wants to get revenge, and Hoban just squeaked by Akron Ellett last week with a one nothing win at Hoban in a thrilling game. Chardon defeated McKinley 6-2, to two, so I'm very excited to see what these teams have against each other. Obviously, both graduated a number of seniors that helped them reach the state championship game last year, so we'll have to wait and see what happens. But Jackson and Maslamich aren't the only two area schools left. How about the Green Bulldogs? The Green Bulldogs, Mitch, perhaps with one of the biggest upsets so far in Division I up here in Northeast Ohio. Green last week beat Perry 3-2 to two in nine innings. Now, the only reason I mentioned the nine innings, Mitch, they had to use arms, and that's kind of where teams can get hurt when they have to play that first sectional game. Green went to play Stowe, who was the number five overall seed out of 35 teams seeded through districts one, two, and three. And they beat the Stowe Bulldogs three to one at Stowe. Nate Carr, a complete game yet again. He went complete game against Jackson a week uh, before. Unfortunately, took a one nothing loss. But Green now will play University. University defeated Mentor five to two. University also has Evan Shapiro, who is the probable pitcher there, the tall six foot seven, six foot eight right hander uh, that is signed to go to Kent State. May also be drafted at a high school. Wait and see. Sits about ninety two to ninety three miles per hour. Tops out ninety seven. We'll see if Green can keep this run up. Don't forget, just in 2021, the Bulldogs did the same exact thing before ultimately losing to Walsh Jesuit in the district championship. Winner of that game will take on Mayfield and Hudson. Mayfield beat the number one seed in that district, the third overall seed in Aurora, two to one. And then Division One Macedonia District, Glen Oak and Louisville still alive. They will square off tomorrow, 5 p.m. at Nordonia High School in the district semifinal matchup. Glen Oak beat Nordonia 14 to four. Louisville beat Lake five to one. So Glen Oak and Louisville will have yet another local team, Mitch, in a district championship game for sure in Division One. That'll be a lot of fun to see what happens there. Winner of that game will take on the winner of Austin Town Fitch and Walsh Jesuit in Division One. Quickly then, you still have Lake Center Christian in Division Four, the number one overall seed. They will take on Ashtabula St. John's. The other local team that was in that St. Thomas Aquinas lost to Lake Center 12-0 last week, East Canton. Lost six to five then to McDonald in the sectional championship. So McDonald advances to the district semifinals as well. Division two games tonight, Monday, May 22nd, the Louisville district, Northeast district two NDCL last week, upset Alliance Marlington beat Madison. That is your matchup at 2 PM today at Louisville high school on the bottom part of that bracket, 5 PM Hubbard taking on West branch. Could we see a potential Arlington West Brands rematch from the EBC, the same conference they're in all year. We'll wait and find out because NDCL Mitch is hot. 20 runs in their first tournament game, nine runs against the Lions in their sectional championship game. Marlington, I think, is hoping they've cooled off since last week, but we'll have to wait and see. And then Division Three, the Parma Heights District at Parma High School tonight at 5 p.m. The Canton Central Catholic Crusaders will take on Triway. At five, the winner advances to Wednesday night's district championship at five to take on the winner of Manchester and Independence. And one last thing I'll mention before we head to break is we now have clarity in the Federal League for 
the Federal League champions this year. Glen Oak defeating Lake two to one and then three to two on Saturday in a doubleheader. And with those two wins and their win last week against Jackson at Glen Oak, now Jackson and Glen Oak will share the Federal League championship crown, excuse me, crown for the 2023 spring season. So congrats to Glen Oak. And we are officially can close the book on who the Federal League champions are for baseball, softball, and all the other conferences here that we cover. For sure. I'm excited for a number of these games that are coming up here. And uh, we'll see a couple of them here on the Big Time Sports Network coming up soon. And for right now, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll be going over more from the sports world. So stay with us. Hey there, folks. This is Mitch Spinell, and I want to give you guys a quick message regarding 988. If you don't know what 988 is, it was created to make it easier to remember how to get help in the event of a mental health or addiction crisis. This is different than a medical, fire, or police emergency where 911 should still be called immediately. 988 connects you with Stark County's Crisis Center, which is equipped to help people in emotional distress or experience a mental health or addiction crisis. So remember, 911 for medical, fire, and police emergency help, and 988 for support in overcoming a mental health crisis in Stark County. Buying a home has never been so affordable with record low interest rates. Hartzler's Quality Housing is ready to put over 40 years of experience to work for you. Family owned and operated since 1978, Hartzler's has a wide selection of model homes on site with a knowledgeable team to help make your new home a reality. Open six days a week, visit them off I-77 in Dover or online at Hartzler's.com. Hartzler's Quality Housing, quality from start to finish. You deserve the best. And at Ferris Chevrolet Buick Cadillac Toyota, that's what you get. We consider you the customer to be part of our family. Anybody can make promises, but when you visit Ferris, you get the Ferris deal from a Ferris wheel. So if you're looking for a car, truck, or van, think Ferris. You invest a lot in your home and vehicle purchases. Van Nostrand Young and Associates want you to feel secure should anything happen to those investments. We partner with providers like Grange Insurance and other industry leaders to be sure you're presented with the most complete coverage to fit your needs. Because we're not only here to protect the items you invest in, we're here to protect your future as well. Call Van Nostra and Young Insurance in North Canton at 330-497-1867. We all have 206 things in common. Our bones keep us up and moving. And we at Cleveland Clinic Union Hospital care about every single one of them. From the tip of your finger to a brand new hip, our orthopedic experts will keep you going while keeping you safe. For every break and breakthrough, for every bone and joint, for every care in the world. Get the care you need when and where you need it. Visit unionhospital.org. Wendy's without the Wendy's app is like nugs without the sauce. <gasps> or a Frosty without the fries. <gasps> or a hamburger without the fresh beef. No! Level A. Get the app to order ahead, order delivery, earn free food, and get app-exclusive offers. One app, all the Wendy's. Offer for a limited time at participating Wendy's. Terms apply. App registration required. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada. 
Vive Auto Sales, located on West High Avenue in New Philadelphia and Cleveland Avenue in Canton, is a used car dealership committed to getting financing for everyone. We give every customer that walks in our showrooms a prime buying experience, no matter their credit score or financial situation. Current inventory can be viewed at www.wefinancenow.com. Check out our Facebook pages for the most up-to-date information about upcoming events and promotions happening at Vive Auto Sales. Get out of the dugout and onto the field with help from Velocity Sports. Velocity Sports is a baseball and softball training academy with locations in North Canton and Canal Fulton. Our new Canal Fulton features 10,000 square feet of training space with six cages for hitting and pitching in a large commercial weight room. Velocity Sports will sharpen your skills and get you in the starting lineup. For more info, go to velosportsohio.com. And welcome you back here on the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. And we wanted to take some time to honor the legacy of a person who we unfortunately lost on Thursday. Uh, someone who was very influential, not just in the area that we grew up in, uh, that that made his mark decades before we were even born and made an impact throughout the rest of the world. And that is Hall of Fame running back Jim Brown, who passed away uh, or l- late last week at the age of, I believe, 89. And it's. Mitch, it's a it's an unfortunate loss because 87, excuse me, it's an unfortunate loss because. This was one of the all-time great at football players, if not overall athletes. This was a guy who was a prom- one of the great prominent football players for an era of Cleveland Browns football that was extremely successful. This was a three-time league MVP. This was an NFL champion, the last uh, of the Browns championships in 1964. But, uh, you know, his, his impact was obviously made especially off the field compared to what he did. Uh, on the playing surface and you know as someone who was still very prominent a uh, figure in the Cleveland area for decades after his retirement from professional football it's a loss it's a loss that uh, you could feel when I was in the city on uh, what was it Thursday uh, I believe yeah Thursday and it, it's unfortunate I, I have nothing more I mean I have more to say on him but I have nothing more to say on this particular uh, matter. Yeah, listen, Jim Brown, the football player, Mitch, is arguably the greatest running back of all time and arguably one of the greatest, if not the greatest football players of all time. A nine-time Pro Bowler, eight-time All-Pro, three-time league MVP. He's also the only player still to this day to be a three-time MVP award winner and not be a quarterback, uh, NFL champion. I mean, numerous honors from other media outlets and, you know, magazines of Rookie of the Year, uh, three-time SN Player of the Year. And he's a Hall of Famer, and he was the Cleveland Browns. He arguably is the greatest Cleveland Brown of all time. I really don't think there's an argument for that to be made. Hmm. And the amount of accomplishments he had in just eight years before he decided to go into acting, and then before he decided to become an activist uh, you know, in the world, in the United States at the time when it was a very tough place for uh, African-American athletes and just African-Americans in general, he became a huge activist, I believe was with a number of other high profile athletes that wanted to become activists as well. He did a lot outside of football. And I think that's what athletes always say they want to do. Yes. They want to be remembered for their play on the field and the things they did. And they ultimately want to win championships, but 
Jim Brown left a legacy on the football field and left a legacy off the football field. And I think that's what makes it so great. And we, you know, at the age of 87, passing away peacefully at his home, that's probably the best thing that you could have asked for. We had seen him over the years, especially coming back to all the Hall of Fame enshrinements every single year. And obviously every year that came, he looked a little bit worse. And that's common when you're a football player. It's common when you're a running back that has one of the shortest shelf lives in terms of football players. So, yes, it, it hurts to lose. The, the silver lining is he was surrounded by his friends and family. He peaced peacefully, peacefully, peacefully. Wow, there we go, peacefully. And that's about all you could ask for if it was going to happen. Um, it's sad news. The Browns obviously have put out a number of statements. The NFL on social media has honored him in multiple ways, and I'm sure the Browns will do something this upcoming football season to honor him, whether it's a patch or a logo or something on their helmet or jersey. Uh, honoring him before games we'll wait and see but to lose the best football player that's ever come out of a cleveland browns uniform and also someone that really truly tried to pave the way for athletes of color uh as they continue to come through he, he lost a very important person not just football player a very important person no doubt i mean kind of going back to what you said about uh you know his playing days, he actually did get out of the league pretty early into his career. I believe he only played up until, oh, was it 1965? So he would have been 29 around there at the time of his retirement, 29, 30 years old. I mean, a lot of us Clevelanders know the story of how he went to work on the Dirty Dozen, and that kind of took away from his preparation for the 1966 season, which, you know, then then Browns owner Art Modell wanted him back and like demanded he, he come back. And he's like, I, I don't need to listen to you. I'm just going to retire and work yeah. on this movie. And he would work on many other movies throughout the remainder of his life. I mean, he was in a number of things such as uh, 100 Rifles and Any Given Sunday, The Running Man and a number of other films. Uh, and, and of course, you mentioned his uh, work in the civil rights movement uh, was a very outspoken on uh, civil rights issues that was growing during the 1950s, even though it was it could be pretty uh, it could be it would be seen as very outspoken for its time. Uh, there was the, obviously the Cleveland Summit uh, that happened uh, decades ago where it was him, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and uh, if I have it right here uh, and Carl Stokes. Who all met with Muhammad Ali, uh, trying to convince you know each other to rally behind and help Ali during his uh, issue uh, issue with not going to Vietnam, refusal to enter the draft. Uh, his boxing license got revoked during that time, and he was facing prison time. And that was like a, a significant turning point for the role of athlete in society. And then, of course, he would go on to uh, work with a number of charitable organizations, try to help you know kids and and uh, former convicts in like inner cities that, that that he basically tried to like help them develop themselves economically. And that was a huge, huge impact. And uh, you know, it, it's, it's kind of tricky because I want, when, when I first became aware of this, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be careful here. I wondered how it would be treated when the day would come that Jim Brown would pass away. There were a few people that kind of brought it up, but I don't think it was a huge point that was made from like the whirlwind that social media can be sometimes where Jim Brown did have a number of like uh, points in his life where there were some kind of off the field situations that weren't exactly great, great a look. I mean, there were a couple of 
times where he was, I believe, arrested for assault allegations and like nothing ever came to it. Obviously, there was a different period of time where this wasn't as publicly focused on as it may be now. Um, but I don't think this is just me saying it. I don't think that a portion of a life like that should in most cases should be the entire scope of a person's legacy. And this obviously wasn't all of Jim Brown's legacy because he did so many great things as an athlete, so many things as an activist, as an actor. I mean, that those six, those superseded anything that I I think could be talked about in that context. I know there's some people that, that may think differently, but I don't know. I, I, I see it more so as a, a mixed bag, if you will, a mixed bag where, there's a number of good things. There's some bad things in there, but there's a lot of good to go alongside that bad. And Mitch, I feel like it's like that for a lot of people, whether they're athletes or not, there's always going to be times that uh, you, you make a mistake and you're absolutely. At the end of the day, you know, he was, the greatest running back of all time and arguably the greatest football player of all time. He played for our team and he also paved the way for many black athletes still to this day. And I mean, we'll, we'll go ahead. No, I was saying he's still up there because I mean, he retired as the all time leading rusher at the time and he's still a number 11. I mean, I know there's a number of guys who have surpassed him since then, but, uh, there's still something to be said about him being one of the, he really was one of the first prominent rushers that people can still cite as one of the greats now. Cause you know, people say like, Oh, Barry Sanders, Oh, Emmett Smith, you know, uh, uh, they could put in Walter Payton, but Jim Brown was the first of those guys to really make his mark on the position. And just as a football player overall, because it really is, it is an amazing legacy that, we will unfortunately miss. Uh, that's all we have for that. When we come back, we'll go over some lighter topics throughout the sports world. Stay with us. The Furby Electric Supply Company has bright ideas for your home. Save money by converting to energy-efficient electrical products or add ambiance with beautiful lighting features. It begins with a professional consultation and a visit to the Furby Lighting Showroom. Then certified Furby contractors complete your project right and on time. Since 1934, four generations have built a reputation of quality and trust, and they offer emergency services too. Just visit Furby.com. That's F-U-R-B-A-Y. The Furby Electric Supply Company. You asked for it and we listened. Buckeye Career Center is now offering certified nail technician as an adult education program. This 216-hour course begins in November and will run Tuesday through Thursday evenings from 5 to 9 p.m. Learn manicures, pedicures, infection control, salon operations, and more. Other part-time certification courses starting this fall include phlebotomy and welding. Call 330-339-2288 to register or visit BuckeyeCareerCenter.org for more information. If you're looking for a new or pre-owned car or truck, why not see the Parkway Auto Group? Parkway is a special group of automotive experts with eight brands to satisfy your needs. Come see the difference at the Parkway Auto Group on Commercial Parkway in Dover. Eight brands and one family. It's Parkway Auto Group. 
Fall is in the air and part-time career enhancement courses at Buckeye Career Center are on the horizon. Registration is now open for introduction to beekeeping, basic small engine repair, and sign language. These part-time offerings run on Tuesday evenings and begin in November. Let Buckeye Career Center help you learn a new skill or advance your current skill set. Call 330-339-2288 for more information or to reserve your seat in one of these or our other part-time classes. You matter. Everyone plays a part. We all have a role. Each of us can make a difference. You do matter, and the best way to have a positive impact is to pay it forward. With each of us helping one another to cope, feel better, and know that we belong. Pass on the positivity today. Tell someone else they matter too. Alt Care. Alt Care, Alt Care. Where you matter. We all have 206 things in common. Our bones keep us up and moving. And we at Cleveland Clinic Union Hospital care about every single one of them. From the tip of your finger to a brand new hip, our orthopedic experts will keep you going while keeping you safe. For every break and breakthrough, for every bone and joint, for every care in the world. Get the care you need when and where you need it. Visit unionhospital.org. Employee benefits, although time-consuming and expensive, is one of the top considerations for those making a job change. At Hummel Group, we help businesses craft benefit strategies that align with company goals. Through an emphasis on cost containment, leveraging technology, and benefits administration, we save your team valuable time. Your employees call us with questions, not you. Visit HummelHelps.com or call 800-860-1060. Don't just get insurance. Get Hummel. June is National Safety Month. Did you know that 80% of injuries related to falling in a home happen in the bathroom? Mostly to folks over the age of 65. If you find it hard to get in and out of a standard bathtub and need a new walk-in shower or convenient walk-in bathtub, then call the professionals at JR Bath. JR Bath has been helping to make bathrooms beautiful and safer since 1976. Call JR Bath at 330-494-2365 or visit us at jrbath.com. And we're back here on the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. Mitch Spinell and Mitchell Ballard are back here. Now, Mitch, you know, it, 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 I'm not going to I'm not going to sugarcoat it. This Guardian seems not very good, and I, I, it's not that it's not that I, I'm going to take that back. It's not that they're a bad team. It's just that uh, this isn't the year. This isn't the year, and I think it was proven by getting swept by the Mets this week in Queens. Um, you know, some people are going to be like, oh, we lost to our former uh, superstar in a walk-off. That's not what I'm focused on. I'm more so focused on the fact that this team, when they can get runs, pitching's letting us down. That relief, that bullpen's not doing it for us. When we have good pitching, the runs just aren't there. And you're you're starting to I, I I think it's almost for certain now that like last year's team was an overachiever that graciously or gratefully made the playoffs for us. But this year, a lot of questions to be had throughout the remaining months of the season and potentially the offseason. Because I I know it's still kind of close in the central, but if you're going at this pace, I don't know how you can how do you even turn around with so much roster organization and, and and changing that you've been making over the last couple of weeks. I don't know. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. This team stinks. They do. Uh, I, I mean, 
to have a good season, you have to have a little bit of luck involved with both injuries and certain breaks. And I think last year, the Guardians got most of that. And it's no one's fault. I'm not going to take that away from them. We enjoyed that run last year and we had expectations this year. It's the way they got swept in New York that really bugs me. And yes, I am bugged because it was a former Cleveland Indian at the time in Francisco Lindor who had a walk off on Friday night against us and then had a home run to tie it up in the second game of double header and ultimately had a hit on a hit and run that Med Rosario was covering second. So it barely got through and that runner ended up moving up for a sack fly that then gave the Mets a 2-1 advantage. And Shane Bieber, yet again, has a very nice game and the offense can't do anything for it. It's very concerning because this offense is horrible. It really is. They are one of the worst in baseball in almost every category. Last in the majors in home runs hit. And we weren't a home run hitting team last year, Mitch, but we weren't last. And Jose Ramirez right now is left in the middle of that lineup with absolutely no protection. None whatsoever. It was supposed to be Josh Bell. He's been disappointing. Uh, Andres Jimenez has been disappointing so far this year. Josh Naylor really had a really nice, you know, 7-10 game stretch. But there's nobody to protect Jose. And teams are able to work around him now and take their shots against other players in this lineup. I just don't know where they go. And what really frustrates me is as bad as I think this team is right now, they're only four and a half games out of first place in the worst division in baseball. So like, they're not out of it. If we were in the American league East right now, Mitch, or the American league West, it, it'd be over. It really would be. You'd be dead last in the East. You'd be fourth place or fifth place in the West. It's concerning yet at the same time, like you can still have somewhat of a slim hope that this team can get it turned around, but you're right. Anytime this team scores, the pitching's not there. Anytime the pitching's there, the offense isn't there. It makes no sense. They cannot play complimentary baseball. That's just what the guardians are this year. They cannot get both sides of everything in baseball going. They lead the league or they were leading the league going into the weekends in stolen bases. But at the same time, they're not getting enough guys on base to be no. able to steal more bases, which is crazy because to be up there already, in stolen bases is awesome, but this offense just is not good. They have a negative 34 run differential. They've given up 198, scoring 164. This team is just very frustrating because where we were last year, being so young, and the young pitchers really missed yesterday. Tanner Bybee, I thought, pitched very well in game one against the New York yeah. Mets. No decision there, giving up two runs, and the Guardians fought back. They did what we saw last year, fought back. They take a lead in the bottom of the, or the top of the eighth, and then we blow it. And Classe is not the same. Karen check is not the same. Trevor Steffen, he's been good this year, you know, outside of yesterday's game one against right. the New York Mets. But I don't know, because now with where you're at, the schedule is not going to be as easy as years past because the Tigers are better. And you don't get to play everybody in the central 19 times. Like you're so used to, you play everybody in baseball. We play the white Sox Now then we play the Cardinals. You have the Orioles coming up here. The Orioles Mitch are 31 and 16. They're only two and a half games back to the Tampa Bay Rays in the AL East. I don't know where this team goes. I don't it's, am I going to be shocked if they start trading people away, specifically someone like Shane Bieber? Not at all. No, but what are you going to get back for Shane Bieber? Sunday night matchup against Verlander. It was a lot of fun to watch that game up until we ultimately lost it, but you're not going to get 
what you probably could have gotten for Shane Bieber last year. And the only thing I can possibly say, but it's not going to fix the offense problem is the fact that Tristan McKenzie and Aaron Savali are both right moving along. No issues. They both pitched. They are scheduled for one more game, and then maybe they'll be back up here, which is about where they expected them. They expected McKenzie to be back here around May 28th to May 30th, and there's a good shot that happens. But I think it's only a matter of time before you see another arm like Gavin Williams get called up, who had a phenomenal start in AAA Columbus yesterday. Bo Naylor got called up for the doubleheader, Mitch, and I don't understand why. He didn't start. To, if to appease call, all the people in the com in the replies of Guardian tweets being like posting Bo Naylor's profile picture, like we want him, we want him, we want him, as if this guy is going to turn around the entire team. He's not, but he's probably going to give you at least better at bats than what we've been getting from our hitters or our catchers, excuse me. But yeah, I didn't understand the move to call him up as the extra man in the double header and not start him because our catchers are dreadful. I believe after yesterday's game one, the catchers for Cleveland now are hitting a collective 143. Cool. Um, it's It stinks. It really does. And the White Sox, who looked like they were left for dead, Mitch, at one point they were the third worst team in baseball through the first few weeks with the Oakland Athletics in the Kansas City Royals. And now the White Sox are one win behind the Guardians in the win column and just two games back of the Guardians as we open a three-game set with them tonight. And it was supposed to be Mike Clevenger for the White Sox. He was scratched. Now it's Hunter Gaddis for the Guardians, and we don't know who yet for the White Sox. There's still time to get it turned around. I just have no faith they can get it turned around. I really don't. It's it's just the of the the amount of like close games they've been playing this year. They're tw- they were 28 and 17 in one run games last year, nine and 13 currently this season. So it means almost 50 percent of the games they played this year, 22 out of 46 have been decided by one run playing in those games consistently leaves very little room for error leaves very little room to relax. So it can build up pressure while also kind of leading to inconsistencies for your team. We know this team is having, it's not that they're just having trouble scoring. They don't really hit for power very much. They don't put up uh, the runs necessary to get these sort of comfortable wins. It seemed like they did when they were up five, nothing against the Mets the other night. And then the bullpen, letting that lead go. That is what my biggest issue is right now. The thing that bugged me more, even more than the Lindor walk-off was Pete Alonzo's grandson against Karen check. The one thing you don't do is let this guy take you yard and then you do it. And the Mets immediately get back into this game. You saw the excitement and the hype when that city field was going through when that home run was hit. And Karen check is just unfortunately not looked the same. As you said, class a is, he has a league leading 15 saves, but he has five blown saves as well. So you never know what you're going to get out of him. A lot of times hitters are are getting uh, tagging him early on in the counts, and his velocity doesn't look as sharp as it has in previous seasons. So I don't know. And, and with all these home runs, the bullpen's giving up. Karen Chuck only gave up two home runs last year. He's given up six this year, which is yeah. alarming. And then you have yes. Stefan kind of having his own thing. But so it, the whole Karen Chuck thing, I will say this. He has not been good this year. The game against the Mets, though, Mitch, the other night on Friday night, what a horrible spot to be brought into. Bases loaded, nobody out right. after Stephen Hentges right. cannot find the strike zone whatsoever. I mean, yes, the last thing you want to do is give up a grand slam, but they literally left James Karinchek, who we know loves to work himself into trouble and then somehow get out of it. They allowed him no room for air whatsoever against the league leader in home runs right now in Pete Alonso, who has 17 now. 
that's just a very bad and tough spot to bring in a pitcher who's already struggling this year. Yes, he needs to make better pitches, but I can't believe I said that. And I'm going to say I'm somewhat coming to his defense there because of the situation, but I don't know what it is. And maybe it's the fact that everything that could have gone right last year went right. And right now, everything that could go wrong right now, for the most part, is going wrong. But as much as I want to see Gavin Williams, I want McKenzie back here. They're not going to fix the offense. And to your point, Bo Naylor, if they keep him up here, is not going to fix the offense. It might be time for some of these guys that are in the everyday lineup to be sent down and get the Oscar Gonzalez treatment. Because Mitch, he's been sent down to Columbus. He's been playing pretty well since he got down there. Yeah. It might be time for that. Is it time to bring up other guys like Valera or, you know, other top prospects? I don't know, but it's also frustrating when we're trotting out guys and putting them in different positions every day. And we have four shortstops sometimes at all four spots in the infield, or you have a shortstop in right field in Arias. And it's frustrating. It just really is because there's guys who you just counted on. Really to me, it's Andres Jimenez. And he's really been the biggest disappointment outside of Josh Bell. And I, I don't know where they go. It's May 22nd. Yeah, there's still a long ways to go. We know this team typically figures it out right around the month of June and July. And then they end up turning the page and getting going later on. But there's nothing this team has shown you so far to make you think that they can turn something on. Because I think they would have shown you right. it already. Right. That's the big thing. And maybe they'll get it tonight against Chicago. Who knows? When we come back, we'll uh, we'll go over our final segment here, talking about the playoffs. We'll be back, we have to be back right after this. Hey there, folks. This is Mitch Spinell, and I want to give you guys a quick message regarding 988. If you don't know what 988 is, it was created to make it easier to remember how to get help in the event of a mental health or addiction crisis. This is different than a medical, fire, or police emergency where 911 should still be called immediately. 988 connects you with Stark County's Crisis Center, which is equipped to help people in emotional distress or experience a mental health or addiction crisis. So remember, 911 for medical, fire, and police emergency help, and 988 for support in overcoming a mental health crisis in Stark County. Are you trying to increase your speed, quickness, vertical leap, and agility? If so, NST Sports Performance is for you. NST trains athletes ages 5 through pro. NST designs each program specific to the athlete's needs, goals, and sports. For more, visit nstsports.com. Locations in North Canton and New Philadelphia. It's nstsports.com. It takes a lot of practice to have a winning team. Alban Title has over 100 years of combined experience handling real estate, title, and escrow transactions. They serve Tuscarawas, Stark, Carroll, Harrison counties, and more. So choose Alban Title for your next home refinance, sale, or purchase. They'll get it done quickly and professionally. Contact Alban Title at 330-334-5800 or visit their website, albantitle.com. Let them put their experience to work for you. Hard work is something you're accustomed to. Van Nostrand Young understands that principle. Our access is achieved with organizations like Grange Insurance, Safety and prevention specialists utilize our VanCan assessments process to ensure that you and your colleagues are in the best hands. You want the safest environment for your business. 
and we can guide you there. Call Van Nostra and Young Insurance in North Canton at 330-497-1867. If you're purchasing a new home, the team at Hartzler's Quality Housing is here to help. Take advantage of record low interest rates to make your new home a reality. Locally owned and operated since 1978, Hartzler's Quality Housing has the experience to guide you through the process. You'll find a wide selection of model homes on site to fit any budget. Open six days a week just off I-77. You can also visit them online at Hartzlers.com. Hartzlers Quality Housing. Quality from start to finish. You deserve the best. And at Ferris Chevrolet, Buick, Cadillac, Toyota, that's what you get. We consider you the customer to be part of our family. Anybody can make promises but when you visit Ferris, you get the Ferris deal from a Ferris wheel. So if you're looking for a car, truck, or van, think Ferris. Think Ferris. Wendy's without the Wendy's app is like nugs without the sauce. <gasps> or a Frosty without the fries. <gasps> or a hamburger without the fresh beef. No! Level up. Get the app to order ahead, order delivery, earn free food, and get app-exclusive offers. One app, all the Wendy's. Offer for a limited time at participating Wendy's. Terms apply. App registration required. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada. Get out of the dugout and onto the field with help from Velocity Sports. Velocity Sports is a baseball and softball training academy with locations in North Canton and Canal Fulton. Our new Canal Fulton features 10,000 square feet of training space with six cages for hitting and pitching and a large commercial weight room. Velocity Sports will sharpen your skills and get you in the starting lineup. For more info, go to velosportsohio.com. Turning 65 soon or already on Medicare? Hummel Group can help you explore your options and find a plan that fits your unique health care needs and budget. Our experienced agents provide personalized advice and help you compare plans from top insurance carriers for free. We're here to help you find the Medicare plan that's right for you. Visit HummelHelps.com or call 800-860-1060 to speak to an agent about Medicare. Don't just get insurance, get Hummel. Hey, we're back out of here on the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. Mitch, it's now time for us to go back to playoff dis- discussions. As it looks like we are wrapping up conference play, it seems that way from the last couple of uh, games we've been watching. You sent me a message the other night, by the way, that uh, kind of accused me of being a LeBron or not being a LeBron here, but you kind of accused me of being a Nuggets fan all of a sudden because, uh, look, I, I said going into this, I-, I think Denver was still a considerable favorite over L.A. to start off. I didn't think the Lakers were completely out of it, but after watching the last three games, this is this series is done. This series is over. We'll get to the other one in a second, but especially with right now, it's going to be the it's going to be the anti narrative matchup in the finals. It seems between Denver and Miami, one versus eight seed, and it's going to be an exciting series. I think unless L.A. or Boston stages these massive comebacks, I don't think uh, I don't think we have to worry about either of these teams blowing this massive massive lead. For as great as the playoffs have been, these games have stunk. They have. I mean, the Lakers and Nuggets have had close games. They've been close. At least that's that's happened. Game three in the other series was just a complete, utter 
embarrassing performance. And we'll get to that here soon, but no, I just feel like you text me when the Lakers lose. It was just like, wait a second, is this guy just cheering against LeBron? Like everybody else, all of a sudden that's coming out of the woodworks just because the Lakers are finally behind in the series. I don't know. The Nuggets are the best team in the NBA. They have the best player in the world at this very moment, Nikola Jokic. And Jamal Murray has regained his form pre-torn ACL after the bubble year. And what's crazy to me is Mike Malone, the coach of the Nuggets, has shown you he will play whoever he has to play whenever, whatever the situation dictates to win basketball games. And I think that shows you what a veteran coach is, whereas Mitch... Darvin Ham keeps putting D'Angelo Russell out there. And at yes. halftime of game three, D'Angelo Russell was a minus 56 when he was on the floor in that series. When D'Angelo Russell is off the court for the Los Angeles Lakers, he is plus, the Lakers, excuse me, are plus 31. D'Angelo Russell has given the Lakers absolutely nothing in this series. He's been vital in their first two series wins in the series against the Grizzlies and the Warriors. I think the difference here, besides the Nuggets just playing better, I mean, let's call for what it is. I think Darvin Ham is just trying to play favorites to a certain extent. You cannot justify D'Angelo Russell being out on the floor anymore. He has given you nothing offensively. He is an atrocious defender, and the Nuggets are eating him alive. And for him to still be getting out there and still starting is mind-boggling. And I don't think either of these teams are coming back from 3-0 deficits I truly believe this is probably going to be a sweep on both sides. I think probably the Lakers nuggets would be the one that's not a sweep, but at least the West has been good competitive three games where the East has just been, uh, the Celtics just stayed in the Eastern conference semifinals from what it looks like. But I, I think it's pretty much set in stone what to expect both in both these series and then moving on to the finals in terms of what team you could expect to win just on how they performed all playoffs, but it's the playoffs. The heat have proven everybody wrong. And LeBron's finally starting to look old. I think that's what I've taken away from it. No, it's not because he, it's not because he missed the layup. Okay. Everybody's missed a layup or dunk or lost the ball going up. Like there's plenty of clips of everybody out there. So everybody says Jordan never did that. No, that's not true either. There's times he still has that burst of energy to be the fastest player on the floor, Mitch, but shooting-wise, the three ball, he had been horrible until the second half of game three. He finally made a three-point basket. Anthony Davis is doing the Anthony Davis thing where it's really good game scoring, back down, really good game scoring, and that's why I'm afraid the Lakers will get swept tonight in game four because they just don't have the answer. And Mike Malone, I give him credit, Mitch. He's called out the media after games one and two when the media was like, oh, the Lakers found something in game one when they got back in it. Oh, the Lakers may have found something in game two, too, where it's like the media is not giving the Nuggets any credit whatsoever. The Nuggets deserve all the credit in the world. The Nuggets have I agree with that. Not, not really gotten in any trouble. Phoenix, yeah, but Phoenix had the firepower to stay with them offensively, but eventually you saw the Nuggets wear out the Suns. The Nuggets, Mitch, finally did what I think people thought they expected them to do over the past couple of years when Jokic went out. Right. right. And it hurts because that's why the MVP to me in basketball is somewhat frustrating sometimes because there is voter fatigue. We know that for a fact. 
And Jokic, I think right now is on a mission to make sure everybody knows that he is the most valuable player in the NBA. And I don't think there's an argument right now for anybody else to be considered the best player in the world for what a center is doing for his team. We have not seen this in our lifetime, really. Yes, Shaq was the most dominant player probably of all time at his peak, but Shaq couldn't shoot. Shaq wasn't a distributor. Shaq wasn't a guy that does everything that Jokic does. And this is just, you have to sit back and enjoy it. As much as I have enjoyed watching LeBron for 20 years, and I appreciate greatness along with other people and other players, Jokic seems to surprise me every single game. And it's honestly so much fun to watch as a basketball player. First off, it, the the MVP award is essentially the player of the year award, and it shouldn't be called the MVP at this stage. Number two, is that was that the the media coming up with that, or is that more like I, I think NBA Twitter came up with the oh the Lakers got something in Game One compared to maybe maybe it was I'm, I'm not sure, but I, I, I understand. Sure, I think it's. Yeah, I, I could see some people because when, when they were saying, oh, Ray Hachimura, of all people, is going to get, is going to lock down Jokic game two. That didn't happen. But when you have guys outside of Jokic performing well, like Jamal Murray's been solid the last two games. You have uh, even guys like Michael Porter Jr. and Candavious Caldwell-Pope stepping up when it, uh, to hit big shots when it counts. This is where this Denver team, the reason nobody took them seriously is because they never made those finals runs before. Back in 2020, they fell to that Lakers squad. 2021, 2022, it's like, ah, this team isn't going to get it. They were going off of reputation, but now Denver looks to be like they're finally going to succeed at what they're trying to accomplish, which is win that Western Conference Finals for the first time ever, get to the NBA Finals against what seems to be Miami. And that's another thing, too. Everyone's saying now it's – I saw Draymond Green post a stupid thing on Twitter. Surprising. Um, But he said something along the lines of – what was it here? I have it right – I had it right in front of me, and then I didn't. Uh, this undrafted player stuff is mad disrespectful to those guys. Them boys making a living just like everybody else. And he's referring to the fact that Miami is has frequently been cited as having num- a numerous undrafted free agent players on their roster. But that's that's what's good about the team. That's what people are saying is so amazing about the team is that they had these guys who weren't highly touted prospects coming out of college or, or a developmental league. And now they're one win away. From beating the team that, look, you could cite the, the three, they, the, the cite the team that had a 97% chance to win by ESPN's power index or whatever it was. That was the Celtics' chances going into game one. And it seemed that way going in to game one when Boston looked unstoppable and then Miami made that comeback, which is what I think kind of caused the Celtics to lose some confidence. Joe Mazzula, it seems like, has lost confidence and may have lost the locker room a little bit as well. Look. Miami's just playing really good basketball right now. They have been since the playing victory against Chicago. If anybody expected them to beat Milwaukee, go buy, go buy the bridge I'm trying to sell. Get I'm, I'm not going to accept that. But once you get that victory, then it builds momentum. You can beat that Knicks team. You could probably have even beat that Cavs team if they weren't, if even if they were firing all cylinders. And now you're beating the Celtics team that was two wins away from an NBA championship against the Warriors last year. So now... This is this is going to be a good basketball series, I feel. If if game four ends the way I think it will tonight between the Heat and Celtics, and then the next day, Denver takes care of business, we're going to have a good finals. It's not going to be the flashiest finals. Everyone's going to say, like, oh, the media hates. It's not going to be in Boston and L.A. It's Miami and Denver. Do you think they're going to have a problem going there a couple of times throughout the rest of the two weeks? 
get out of here with that. I, I'm not here for it. It's going to be fun. I think the best part about the playoffs this year, Mitch, is the parody. Yeah. There's been so much parody throughout the NBA playoffs, and we're not used to seeing that. It's all, I mean, come on. It was the Heat for four years going from the East, then the Cavs for four years going from the Cavs East. Warriors, yep. And the Warriors, for however many years their dynasty has been going, it's nice to have a shakeup. Okay. It really is. And it sucks our Cavs aren't in it. But at the same time, it's been much more enjoyable to watch the playoffs this year after our team got eliminated because of the parody. The Miami Heat are fun because just the way they play last night in game three was a complete and utter collapse. That would would be what you expect in a game four if the Heat narrowly escaped the best possible punch from the Celtics in game three. I have no idea what to expect in game four. Could I see Miami blowing them out again? Yes. Would I be shocked though if Boston comes out and they blow out Miami? I wouldn't because Boston is fully capable of doing that. Eric Spolster, though, Mitch, outside of players, has been the difference maker. He knows yeah. all the right buttons to push. Joel Mazzula just doesn't know. And that's not his fault. He's young, 34 years old, first year, got thrust into this late. His post-game press conference last night was rough. It really was. Um, and I'm not doing this because of my takes during the football season. But, Mitch, he went with the Kevin Stefanski quotes. I got to be better. I got to be better. You know, that's on me. I got to be better. Did you lose the team? I, I got to be better. That is not what you want to hear with your season on the line. Did he lose the team? I don't know. Maybe he didn't lose them because they just beat Philadelphia in a series in which I think a lot of us thought was over heading into game six in the East semis. The Heat are just the better team, which is crazy because they are the eight seed. They're going to be the first team to ever make the finals as a team that was in the play-in tournament, losing the first game to the Atlanta Hawks, being down by two with three minutes to go against the Bulls. And then they beat the Bucks. They took care of business first, the Knicks. And this has been a masterclass in terms of adjustments and assignments. And Jimmy Butler right now, Mitch, is equally just as fun to watch as Nikola Jokic, in my opinion, because Jimmy Butler is doing whatever it takes. And the way he's playing, the way he's having fun taunting some of the guys like last night, we know Al Horford taunted the Heat in game one when they called timeout. He got down to this, and Jimmy Butler did it right now. Horford's face last night. Like, I love that. Yeah. The Celtics don't, but guess what? If you're going to do it, you can't be mad when a team's doing it when they are kicking your butt repeatedly over and over and over. And I think the finals will be a lot of fun. I do think the Nuggets are the far better team, assuming that neither of these teams in the Lakers or Celtics uh, have the greatest comeback. You know, outside the finals that we're ever going to see, 149 or 0 and 149 teams are when they're down 0-3 in the playoffs. I'm excited. I, I do think that the the Heat end this in four. I I think the Nuggets probably end it in five. I think the Lakers will get one, but I won't be shocked if it's over in four. But if you had the Nuggets and Heat predicted before the season started as your NBA Finals prediction. And then you double down on it again when the playoffs started, uh, that would be nobody because there's absolutely nobody in the right mind that had that, at least when the playoffs started, especially after the Heat lost to the uh, Hawks in the first playing game. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's where, I, where I'm at right now. So that is all the time we have here for the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. Uh, we want to thank you guys for listening or watching here on YouTube. Be sure to like, subscribe, and hit the bell. Also check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. You can also find us on BigTimeSportsOhio.com, uh, Big Time Sports Ohio on Instagram and Facebook. 
BTS Ohio on Twitter at BTS Ohio and at Mitch Spinell and at Mitchell Bala everywhere else. Mitch, what's the fact of the day? Well, first off, Mitch, Carmelo Anthony did retire. One yes, of the greatest and greatest players of our generation. Obviously, a huge piece of that 03 draft with LeBron, Wade. Bella retired today. Heck of a career. Obviously, did not get a championship ring, but one of the all time greatest scores we saw early on in our life. Uh, so, you know, what a treat it was to watch him. But your fact of the day, staying in basketball. We know Joel Mazzula is the youngest coach in the NBA. He's 34. Jimmy Butler's 33. Jimmy Butler ended Joe Mazzula's college career in the NCAA tournament when really? Mazzula played at West Virginia and Butler played at Marquette. Wow. I'm sorry, the Big East tournament. Big East tournament. So, yeah, Jimmy Butler has a chance to send Mazzula home packing twice now, both collegiately and now professionally. And it looks like it's going to happen. And depending on some Boston fans, it might be sending him out to unemployment. So, thank you guys for listening or watching the Big Time Sports Podcast Show.